Welcome to the Canadian SME Small Business Podcast, the go-to source for Canadian entrepreneurs and business leaders. Join us as we dive deep into the heart of Canada's business community, bringing you inspiring stories, cutting-edge insights, and practical advice from our nation's brightest minds in marketing, innovation, leadership, and tech. Whether you're launching a startup or scaling your enterprise, our mission is to empower your journey with wisdom that makes a difference. Let's grow together, right here, right now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Canadian SME Small Business Podcast, where we delve into the world of innovation and technology that's shaping our future. I'm your host, Maheen, and in today's episode, we're excited to explore the groundbreaking initiatives in the health technology sector. Our focus today is on Circle Innovation, a program dedicated to fostering innovation in the health tech industry. With a recent allocation of $4.7 million in project funding, Circle Innovation is enabling health tech SMEs to make critical advancements that can transform healthcare as we know it. Join us as we dive deep into the details of this initiative, speak to the experts, and uncover the remarkable stories behind these innovations. On that note, it's an honor to welcome Tom Philpott, CEO at Circle Innovation and Loki Jorkinson, Senior Director of Strategy and Innovation at Circle Innovation. Tom has over 15 years of healthcare and research administration experience, which he pivoted to after having been a feature film producer for almost 10 years. His work with Circle Innovation began in 2018 when he worked with the CEO of Circle to secure funding for the organization. Loki Jorgensen, on the other hand, is a dynamic tech leader that brings over 20 years of entrepreneurship expertise, having worked across academia and the private sector. A former CTO in Vancouver and the Bay Area, Loki provided strategic vision to a myriad of tech startups while developing IP and emerging technologies for IT, finance, and the medical fields. Throughout his career, Loki has been a founding member of several NCE's president of BC Nonprofit Societies, and he also involved in social impact for profits. Now, without a further ado, let's welcome both. Hi, Tom and Loki. Welcome to the Canadian SME Small Business Podcast. How are you today? Thank you so much for having us, Maine. Really, it's a great pleasure for us to be here with you. As well, welcome. Very pleased to have you both join us today. Now, let's begin by you know, diving deeper into the into the recent announcement. I mean, you know, it, it really highlights the allocation of, as I mentioned, the four point seven million in project funding through the Circle Innovation Program to support health tech SMEs. Could you provide our listeners with an overview of the Circle Innovation Program and its core objectives in advancing the health tech sector? All right. So it's Tom here, and I think I'll kick things off, and I'll give you a little bit of an idea, the backgrounder of the organization, and then I'll turn it over to Loki. So what happened was I met Sylvain almost 10 years ago when I was the executive director of a network of centers of excellence researching kids' neurodevelopmental disorders. And he was the head of our innovation. He'd recently come to BC from Ontario, from U of T, and he was uh, working at SFU and he was running the innovation part of two different NCEs. And one of the things that we found over the course of the work that we were doing together was how many Canadian businesses or SMEs are struggling and how important they are to the economy. So we found that 92% of businesses have fewer than 20 employees, but these small business 
small businesses with less than 100 employees, they generate 41% of the Canada's GDP. And yet, the percentage of small businesses that grow to medium size has fallen. And over approximately a 10-year period, there was a 38% drop. And this was a real problem, and it was something that Sylvain had really wanted to try and crack. And as one of the leading experts in innovation nationally, his research and experience had led him to conclude that SMEs are struggling because they've got problems with hiring expertise, with accessing key partners, with challenging timelines, and all of these things were creating risks, risks around financial, that risk, uh, product risk, and market risk. So these different things were creating a lot of problems, and yet the programs that existed were focused mostly on startups, and there was, seemed to be a gap with latter-day startups and what are sometimes called SMBs, so small, medium-sized businesses that are no longer startups. So these, uh, and then a lot of the programs as well that were in place to help companies that weren't just startups, those were also programs that were only giving them the money, but they weren't giving them the expertise. So what Sylvain endeavored to create and what I helped him launch was a company that could act a little bit like an innovation hub, have elements of an accelerator, not an incubator because incubator is really early stage startup, but to help those companies and find that sweet spot. And so that's what we did, working in terms of trying to bring that academic expertise that SMEs want to companies and have the focus be on the companies and the products they're developing and have them be at the center of it rather than having others trying to tell them what to do. So we've done this quite effectively, and it's been through this combination of academic and real-world experience. So what I'd like to propose to you is that Loki takes over and he talks a little bit about the more detail around what we do with our program. Thanks, Tom. I think what's really unique about this program, and I'm speaking from an entrepreneur's standpoint, I've 25 years, nine companies. I know the risks you talked about, Tom. I know how challenging that is, not sleeping nights, looking for resources, trying to figure out how to solve problems, trying to do that on four or five different fronts. I, I'm, I'm not sure why there are entrepreneurs. It is such a challenging job, but those people really thrive in that environment. Supporting them is the key that we need to address. We have to de-risk at so many different fronts. I think the thing I would point out that you mentioned is that it's not about coming up with a prescribed approach that's going to fix it for the economy for SMEs for innovation it's really about getting into the trenches and working with SMBs SMEs directly and doing it on the fronts where they need that support and i think one of the the things to to note here is that innovation especially doesn't arise easily we we think about cool ideas cool technologies new features things that are going to change everybody's life the problem is that they they arise in environments where that environment is not really ready to receive that innovation. It doesn't recognize it, it doesn't know where to put it, it, doesn't have a place for it. And so a lot of what an entrepreneur's job is to, to break down those barriers and get through to the audience, to the market, to their customers. And barrier breaking is what we do. We, we sit down with the company directly, take a 
as a sort of a SWAT team, special workforce and technologies in this case, and listen to their story, listen to where the challenges arise for them, listen to the problems that they're having, making headway, breaking down the barriers. And we we bring the relationships and the opportunities to the company. So we're not asking the company to conform to our program and jump through our hoops. We sit down directly with the company and try to become company-shaped, work at company business speed to get them what they need in order to overcome the barriers. And those barriers, they, they're, they're such a wide range of different barriers that a given company in a given sector can encounter that there is no one answer. So that's where Circle's approach, its model for working directly with the SME, I think is unique. Mm -hmm. It addresses innovation as a particular problem set and what is happening for this particular SME, one SME at a time. Thank you, Loki and Tom, both for providing us with an overview of the entire aim and mission behind this project. Now, you're right. I mean, you made a great point that scaling health innovations is a very complex and multifaceted process that involves various challenges and considerations. Let's let's build onto this a bit more. Can you share some insights into how the allocated project funding will assist health tech SMEs in making critical advancements? Like what types of projects or initiatives are eligible for this support? Well, that, just as I was saying before, types are across the boards. We don't even stand, you know, up and say this type of project. We listen to the SME, what their story is, what they need to overcome. Now, our focus is product and service development. It is technological. We are supporting the development of those products and services. <clears throat> so we're not broad-based in the sense of we also do investment or uh, business development or marketing with the company. We're very focused on product and service in that regard, but the, the the nature of the challenge is very wide ranging. So they may be dealing with compliance challenges. They have to get a certification for their product. They're looking at FDA or Health Canada in the case of something in say MedTech, or they're having trouble getting to their audience. There's a healthcare authority that they need to speak to. They can't get a meeting. They can't even present the opportunity that their technology represents. They're having trouble figuring out what feature is the next feature in their market. So they're, they're trying to work with their customers. They're trying to get trials done. They're trying to have conversations. They want to expand into a new adjacent opportunity. They don't know as much about that opportunity. Their founders knew about where they started, but branching into that new opportunity, they don't have the expertise. So where are they going to get that? So in terms of, you know, what might that look like? You might see, say, a, an age tech or a senior tech solution where that's been successful, but they want to work with seniors that also have challenges around dementia. Mm. They're not dementia as experts. So who are they going to go talk to? Well, there's some awesome dementia experts in academia. I think one of the challenges, though, that often has arisen, and we've seen this over and over again, and why, you know, personally, I've seen it and worked with it from an entrepreneur standpoint, I'm seeing what Circle's doing differently now that I'm part of Circle. I'm really appreciating this key, which is recognizing that different groups in different stakeholders in different areas, such as academia, investment, small and medium business, they all have 
different ways of operating, different ways of talking, different ways of running their business or, or interacting. And quite often there are frictions or differences in vocabulary, differences in priority, how they do business. And one of the things that we do is we bridge between, and I'm going to go back to that example, the dementia expert in academia for whom doing research, producing papers, thinking through problems over very long timescales is natural. In business, it's different. You need to work a lot faster. In some cases, you have to jump to answers a little more quickly than a researcher would be comfortable. And they need to know what to do next and now. And that that difference in approaches is one of the key things that Circle is able to broker. We're able to bring disparate stakeholders together, help make the conversation effective, get everybody what they need out of that conversa- conversation without the frictions arising or at least them being significantly mitigated. And so that allows the business to move a lot more quickly and benefit from the wisdom and the research that's been done. Mm. That's that's never been really, I think, something that's been ad- addressed directly, Tom. So I can add to this in a uh, in a couple of ways. The there are three major issues that the companies have been facing. We've talked about resources, expertise, financial, etc., and we can help in that sense. We are also not looking for companies that are early stage startups. We're looking for companies that have a product that is almost ready for the market, but there's an issue that they're facing. So it could be a product development issue where they need that expertise. It could be that, as Loki was uh, alluding to, it could be something related to market procurement because market procurement is a major friction point that a lot of companies have in the health tech space because the government needs to have evidence around a product and they need to know that the product is going to be effective in the marketplace. It's so risk adverse in the health sector. So that's something else where we've been able to help. In one case, we, there was a health authority that we were able to uh, get in a health tech SME involved with to do some pilot work. And we helped find an, an expert who could do some research and conduct a study for them to provide them with some additional support that they could use later on once the project was over in, that would help bolster their case for government procurement. And the uh, the last thing is patient access. Patient access is often a big issue. And uh, study uh, studies. If you're doing a study, you need to have or for clinical trials, you need to have that access. And so sometimes we can help facilitate with that. So those are a few of the key areas where companies have needed help, where we can provide some help. That's that's great. And you know, to reiterate, uh, to reiterate, or to better understand, I mean, the program really recognizes that. Innovation really occurs in isolation and is more likely to thrive when individuals, organizations, and really communities come together to work together. Can you elaborate on the role of partnerships and collaborations within the health tech ecosystem and how they contribute to the program's success? You asked in the previous question about funding. We don't see ourselves as a funding organization. It's necessary. But it's those relationships you just referred to that needs the support and really enables innovation to enter into the market and become effective. So exactly what you're suggesting, we focus on relationships, connecting SMEs to academia, investors, compliance experts, software developers, and then 
focus on bringing them together in a project context. And so there is an activity, there's a focus on product development or reaching patients, but what is happening is happening in relationship between key stakeholders. And that's where we focus our projects, is bringing through relationship a series of activities to the company that needs it in order to overcome the, the barrier that's been identified. And that doesn't happen without the relationships. Too much isolation in SME worlds are exactly the problem that we're trying to address. It's the number one problem. I think there's a more isolation in, in companies, between companies, and between the particular stakeholders, and addressing that is our focus. You know, I remember when uh, Sylvain, our CEO, had mentioned to me an issue where a health tech SME had come up to him, a CEO had come up to him and, and said to him, you know, I need this help in this area. And I've been told that I should be able to get this through, through this university. And I don't know how to get in. I don't know how to navigate it. And I need some, I, 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 so I don't know what I'm going to do. I need some help and I can't figure it out. And I've looked in the private sector and the private sector expertise that I've seen, some of it's very good, but I want something that's really cutting edge and I want to be able to uh, tap into academia. And then on the academic side, we've got the university systems where we know many of them from the president level down, they want to be more involved in the community and they want to be able to get make their re research more relevant in an immediate sense. The whole, the whole thing in, in government for the past 10 years or so has been knowledge mobilization, knowledge translation. So how do you do that? And that is a key area where we've been able to help. And that is one of the, the, the big motivators that Sylvain had when a, an entrepreneur went up to him with that question about, well, I can help you navigate this. I know how to get you in touch with the right people. And so we're going to do that without having to make an agreement between the SME and the university itself. Right. And in conclusion, it, you know, collaboration is uh, not just a component of, of, of the program, but it is a fundamental principle that really underpins the program's success. Now, another key finding from the press release or a mention, I would say, is that the program's funding will enable health tech SMEs to really address critical health challenges. Could you provide a specific like specific examples or case studies of previous projects that have had a significant impact on healthcare outcomes or advancements? Absolutely. So I'll give you a, you know, some sense of the breadth of the landscape, and then I'll dive into a couple of examples and just a bit of detail. So healthcare, we start talking about health tech and healthcare. It is broad. There is so much going on there that may not occur to most people. But just to give you a sense here, the different companies that we're currently and actively working with, they're involved in automated detection of melanoma through imagery, supporting chronic kidney disease management through digital health, exoskeletons to help disabled people walk, pharmaceutical discovery through computational methods, finding new drugs, bioprinting for tissues and organs, and supporting aging at home. I mentioned that earlier, dealing with social isolation as well as healthcare continuity. <clears throat> so this is a very broad spectrum of technologies and implementation. Where we're finding, and each one of them, as I mentioned before, very, very different, where we're finding some really 
dramatic success taking place for these companies uh, might be the case of Meta, Meta Optima. We've done a case study with, and that's available for people who are interested, where they are looking at melanoma detection through imagery. They've got a database of two and a half million uh, different patients and 10 million images from which they do a variety of learning techniques that make uh, automate the ability to take an image of a prospective melanoma and determine that it is or isn't and its risk factors. And that this is something that's being distributed relatively broadly in, in Canada and available shortly in the United States going through FDA approvals and is even on the short list to be adopted by the Canadian Space Agency. So here we have a technology that I think we can all relate to as something that we may come in contact with in the near term. Melanoma is relatively common and early treatment is essential. So this is a very dramatic example of a piece of technology that is rapidly being adopted by the healthcare system, making a big difference. The other would be human in motion robotics, which is just tremendously stimulating project to be anywhere near because there is this physical exoskeleton that has sort of uh, echoes of Iron Man. This is a lower body exoskeleton that a disabled person steps into that helps them to actually walk. And it's one of the only exoskeletons in the world that is self-motivating. It's capable of walking itself. So it's able to walk across a room to the disabled person allowing them to get themselves into that exoskeleton. This is being used currently for therapeutic use, so within for therapies to help strengthen and recover. And they're now pursuing personal use at home so that this is a skeleton or an exoskeleton that could be used by people in their in their own homes to help them move about. And what that signals for people who are disabled, who have lower body uh, locomotion issues, is is tremendous. This can make them independent, and it can help accelerate their recovery in the case when they're they're moving towards improved uh, physical health. So, you know, these kinds of cases, both of which we have case studies for, if people are interested, are just really dramatic instances of healthcare impacting people and a large number of people today. I I think that those are those are. Two very good examples. There are there are a number a number of different areas that where we've been able to help, and I think that the key thing is a lot of the time with the, with the product. So let's take the exoskeleton example that Loki just outlined. The exoskeleton was already there. The there was already a product there, and it was already in institutions. However, there are advancements that had to be made with the product to make it more competitive, even though it is a market leader to help it retain its place, and also to be able to bring it into the personal, the, the home at healthcare space. And I think that that's a really good example of something where it's not like we're, uh, we're not working to, to reinvent the wheel here or to come up with some incredibly high-risk, uh, groundbreaking innovation we're there to help organizations that are already innovating, getting their products out there faster and more effectively uh, with a limited amount of administration and bureaucracy. So, I, and I think that the examples that Loki's outlined are all cases where if, if you look at the support that we've provided, it's been to give them that extra little boost. 
And a good example in the human in in motion robotics would be they needed a mechanical engineer, because it's robotics, who understood quality systems required for FDA approval. That combination of skills, rare, hard to come by, we were able to provide and some candidates for an opening that they'd created, who was the, one of whom was subsequently hired. So making sure they get to the expertise in good time. Mm-hmm. I, I believe, you know, all, all these initiatives really empower small companies to develop and deliver solutions that can really transform the healthcare landscape, benefiting patients, healthcare providers, and society as a whole. Now, in a rapidly evolving field of health tech, staying ahead of the curve is essential. How does the Circle Innovation Program ensure that the supported projects align with emerging healthcare trends and tech, and how does it adapt to changing needs? Well, as Tom mentioned, selection of the SMEs that we work with is key here. So we don't try to replace the entrepreneur who's identified the problem, identified an, an essential solution, knowing what the market is. We're, we're not trying to take replace that essential insight that the entrepreneur has. But what we do do is look at the company's progress, the relationships that it's built, the product or service that it is seeking to deliver, and identified the impact potential as well as the barriers that it faces. So when we select an SME, it's a little bit later stage than most startups or most programs often target, as you mentioned, and they have clear proof points in the market for the product that they have developed. This means that we already have some clear insight into what is possible. We've got feedback from customers and adopters, and we're able to consult with them, with investors, with other members of the ecosystem to identify not only what's going to have impact, but what's essential, what is what has already been selected out from a wide range of SMEs as being critical to the system. So we have a lot of information to work from and to make the selections and make sure that the time and the funding that we bring to these projects are likely to maximize the impact and sex success in the health tech field. And I think that the the only thing that I have to add to that is how important it is for us to be allowing these projects to be really led by the SME in the sense that the SME is at the center of it. It's not academia, it's not administrators, it's the SME. So we're really listening to the SMEs. And the SMEs are the ones who are engaged directly with the marketplace. So they're going to be very responsive to the needs and the market demands out there. And that allows us to then adapt to the the changing needs that they have very quickly and be very responsive. No, truly, it serves as a catalyst for innovation within the healthcare sector and can lead to various positive outcomes. Now, as we try to wrap up our conversation today, Tom and Loki, looking to the future, what are the long-term goals and aspirations for the Circle Innovation Program and how can health tech entrepreneurs, innovators, and organizations get involved or collaborate to benefit from this initiative? I'm going to let Tom finish up on this because I think he, he's got the view, the, the strategy and the vision to what Circle can accomplish. He's been working with Sylvain for so many years on this a particular trajectory. I think I'm going to restrict myself just to the comment that, that what I have come to in joining Circle, and this was just a little over a year ago, 
was my own interest in answering that question. What comes next? How do we get there? How does innovation actually work? Because we've, we talk it a lot. Canada is doing well, but not as well as some countries in bringing innovation to productivity and economic benefit. I have a personal curiosity about what it is, what it takes, and what Canada needs to do. And what I saw in Circle was a very particular approach, an innovation program, the, the Circle Innovation Model, that is focused on the SME and has not just been kind of a hit or miss, but is, has really gelled into a very particular approach that is recognizable, has a methodology to it, and a success rate that's remarkable. What we have as an opportunity here is to take that model and transpose it into other segments, other provinces, and other activities that would benefit from it. Again, I think the, the key here is focused on the SME. So Loki, I think you really outlined some important points there. We've got a very strong board and it's a very ambitious board and we're working with them and Sylvain in particular to expand the reach nationally. And when we say nationally, we're talking about the prospective national program. We're also talking about uh, working in other regions. So if there are entrepreneurs out there who uh, would be interested in working with us, whether it's in the health tech sector or another adjacent sector in the uh, tech field, let us know. And you can be from any region across the country. We would like to hear from you at circleinnovation.ca. You can also find us on LinkedIn. You can also find us on uh, Twitter. The model that we had developed is very adaptable. Sylvain's actually taken it into the ag tech space at SFU and helped launch the Center for Agriculture Innovation in BC, which is a joint initiative between SFU and the federal government and the provincial government. And we're looking at it in other uh, sectors too. I know, Loki, you, you've been a great addition to our team with your experience in multiple different sectors. So that's been really, really nice to be able to work with you in that sense. And so there's been some work in BC associated with expanding it to, to uh, helping support companies that are involved more in AI, as we've had a little bit of a taste of the interest in AI through our current program. And we've also seen that there's a large interest from venture capitalists in terms of helping set up companies to be able to succeed in terms of raising those venture capital funds. So that is more BC focused, those, those last two points. However, they could be in other regions too. So we want to hear from you and we operate quickly. So we want to hear from you, the listener, in terms of how might we be able to help your organization? So please reach out to us and we operate fast. We don't have a lot of time to wait. If you're interested, reach out to us now so we can connect with you and we can try and see how we might be able to support the particular needs that you have. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Tom and Oki. I mean, it's great work that uh, you guys are doing and it's, you know, we wish both... 
circle and your team continued success moving forward and on top of that you know we genuinely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast i mean your presence made significant impact and we really look forward to the opportunity to collaborate with you again in the future with newer projects and more updates we really appreciate the time to be able to speak with you too and i'm glad we had this opportunity to talk with you about canadian smes and to join you on this podcast Thank you for joining us on this insightful journey through the world of health tech innovation and Circle Innovation's mission to drive positive change in healthcare. We hope you found this episode inspiring and informative. If you'd like to learn more about Circle Innovation and the projects mentioned in today's episode, be sure to visit the link in the show notes. Stay tuned for more fascinating conversations on emerging technologies and innovation. Lastly, we'd like to also send our thanks to our partners, RBC, UPS, and Zero. Don't forget to subscribe to the Canadian SME Small Business Podcast for more thought-provoking discussions on the topics shaping our future. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadian SME Small Business Podcast. Your support fuels our passion for empowering Canadian businesses. Don't miss out on our next episode, filled with fresh perspectives and actionable strategies. Subscribe at canadiansme.ca and be part of a community that's shaping the future of Canadian business. Until next time, keep innovating, growing, and making a difference.